Hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the podcast series from the RPG Academy where we bring on a guest and we talk about something cool. Today's guest is Andy Klosky, or you may know him as A.P. Klosky. Uh, he is the writer and creator of Cold Steel Wardens, which is a superhero RPG. We have done a trial of it in the past, uh, so hopefully you guys have checked that out. If not, please go back and do so. Uh, I am on the record that I don't play a lot of superhero RPGs, but if I do, right now, Cold Steel Wardens would be my choice. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I know I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and we're here today to talk to Andy about that game and then about what might be coming next. So, Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. Great to talk to you again. Had a blast at a catacon. Yes. Oh, my God. Again, I, we talk about a catacomb all the time. I'm sure people are tired already, but you, you were one of our special guests, uh, your wife as well. And you also, um, I know I'm jumping around already, but you're also working on a board game, correct? Yes, I uh, got to run some playtests of it there, uh, Dwarven Defenders. I'm, uh, I actually just sent off my first couple pitches to uh, uh, for that one. So um, exciting. Haven't heard anything back yet, but, you know. Here's for hoping. <laughs> Absolutely. And when the time comes, maybe we can talk about that uh, more in depth. Yep. But we're actually here today to talk about something new that you're working on that relates to Cold Steel Wardens. But just in case someone is not yet familiar, let's let's go back in time a little bit and talk about Cold Steel Wardens. Where did it come from? You know, you, you didn't self-publish it. You created a publishing company to publish it. Is that right? I uh, had to uh, had to build my own company, build a moniker to uh, to take start taking it elsewhere yeah so okay so let's let's roll back and just kind of give me the story of that so about 2010 i was really jonesing to play uh, it was the the watchman movie had just came out i was really jonesing to kind of play around in that universe the the street level gritty supers and really couldn't settle on a system to to play it i did i not a real big fan of hero or champions i ended up using Palladium Heroes Unlimited with a grafted-on Call of Cthulhu mechanic, uh, sanity mechanic, and it was a mess. Fun because of the players that I had, but it was a hot mess. About that time, Icons came out, and I was a real big fan of Icons. Uh, you know, real light, Silver Age, uh, Supers by Steve Kenson. And I came home from Origins that uh, that year, having played a, played and run a whole bunch of Icons, and thought to myself, well... I have this great Silver Age game. There's lots of great general games out there for supers, but not really one that focuses on the Iron Age. Your Daredevils, your Batmans, your you know, your street level, you know, your Luke Cage. So I figured, why not me? So I sat down and hammered out a rule set and took it into playtesting. And about a year later, realized, okay, well, I've got something here. So I uh, started building out the setting and... 2012 took it to Kickstarter, and Kickstarter, by the skin of our teeth, said yes. And <laughs> that's all that matters. Yep. Just once you cross the finish line, it doesn't matter how. That's right. But um, we had a partnership with uh, Chronicle City out of the UK with Angus Branson. Um, over time, uh, we decided to go in a different direction, and we are now uh, officially being published by Studio Two Publishing, the guys who do Savage Worlds and a number of other games. Uh, Jim Searcy has been uh, really wonderful to work with. Game is back at the printer right now and should be out in March uh, again. Uh, yeah, is this just a reprint, or are there any updates type of thing? There are a couple updates. It's not. Uh, we're not talking new edition imagination. The book is 
99% the same. Uh, a, a number of things have been reordered, so it's easier to easier to use. Um, the um, like the masteries, for example, masteries and cold steel wardens are kind of like feats on steroids for those who haven't played or, or read it before. It's um, previously they were organized alphabetically. Now they're they're divided by um, the skills that they uh, generally work with and alphabetically within them. So all the physical masteries are all together. And then all the, all the investigative masteries are all together. And then they're alphabetical within that section. So it's a little easier to use. Uh, things like that throughout the book, just uh, general ease of use type things. Okay. So I, I would say that it, it seems as though Cold Steel Wardens, particularly for like an indie developer, I mean, what, that pretty much was your first game, right? Like you just decided to write a yeah. game because you were, you know, insane? Uh, it basically, yeah, I, I sat, I sat down and, you know, I, I teach during the, uh, during the year for my real, real job, so to speak. So, uh, so I have my summers off and I said, you know, I, I'm a decent writer. I've worked with a, a couple companies prior to this is a, this is a niche that doesn't exist. And this is something I really enjoy and love. So why not me? Let's do this. <laughs> And again, you're a success. You're a hundred percent on the games that you have tried to create being successful. So great job. Woohoo! <laughs> one for one. That's right, baby. You, you well, I would say quit while you're ahead, but I know you haven't already. Uh, again, uh, Dwarven Defenders is in the works, but specifically, you are working on more content that will relate directly to Cold Steel Wardens. So yes. that's the crux of what we wanted to talk about today. So lay it on me. What what are you working on next? So um, I've been uh, plugging away at this. Uh, I have I've had ideas for this book since since uh, kickstarting Cold Steel Wardens and and really getting uh, elbow deep into the uh, into the New Corinth setting. New Corinth, uh, the city where all of our action takes place. You know your uh, sort of generic you know rain soaked streets and whatnot. Well. Every great hero needs villains. So, um, so I wanted to do, and I, I'm hesitant to use the term monster manual, and uh, but the comics term rogues gallery really resonates with me. So, uh, so I started work on Cold Steel Warden's rogues gallery. Uh, the bulk of which I did during I did NaNoWriMo for the first time, National Novel Writing Month, and I know there's a there's a game design one, but it doesn't take place during the summer, which is ideal for me teaching. So July, 2015, I sat down and took July and hammered out a draft. So 66 some thousand words in 27 days. Wow. Yeah. Uh, July was a very busy month, but um, by and large, uh, the bulk of the book is kind of unique and I, I'm totally shamelessly borrowing from um, a book that I worked worked on with cubicle seven uh for the the laundry files role-playing game um they had a um this is one of the first books that i actually got to work on like holy crap my name's on the cover <laughs> <laughs> the mythos dossiers the name of this book uh, was done with the idea of first first person character documents in mind you know you c if you're the gm you can print off this page hand it to your players and say, this is the clue that you found here. And it might range from a police interview to a, to a monster sighting to, you know, uh, one of the, one of the pieces of evidence was a transcript from a monster hunters show. So I decided to take that concept and kind of 
place it into the Cold Steel Warden's world. Uh, but I didn't want to do it wholesale. Uh, I wanted some perspective there. So I decided to go back to one of the iconic Cold Steel Warden's characters, one one of the convention characters that we brought around, and one that you have a lot of uh, a lot of familiarity with, that being Sawbones. Sawbones. My chain-smoking, uh, independent contract uh, a-hole. Yep. As I refer to him, the bastard love child of Kitty Pride and John Constantine. <laughs> That's an apt fit, uh, apt description. But uh, so the majority of the book is written actually from his perspective. Uh, as if, sorry to say, in Cold Steel Warden's canon in the New Corinth setting, uh, Sawbones um, suffers a very unfortunate fate. And the idea being that the players at your table find Sawbones' notes. As in all the stuff that he's collected on the major crime families, the uh, the other metahumans, the other vigilantes that are running around, you know, theories on secret identities, you know, police reports, uh, psych profiles, any, any evidence that he's stolen and any notes that he's taken on these individuals. So... Oh, so the majority of the book is are those in-character documents, but also his notes to accompany them. And of course, there's stats for all of these and a legion of mooks, which uh, I'm going to try something that I have not seen before in a monster manual type or rogues gallery type book. And it's something that has irked me for a long time. <laughs> in a lot of these, uh, in a ton of role-playing games, you have you have lots of large organizations you have lots of mooks. You have the nameless, faceless goons that your superhero or your or your net runner or whoever is beating down. So instead of just lumping these together in alphabetical order, I wanted to sort them by organization. So okay, my these guys are fighting, you know, white Russian mobsters right now. Here's an entire page of white Russian mobsters. Flip to that. I have everything I need right there. Oh, now we're fighting, you know. We're fighting cultists. Oh, here's cultists. I need ninjas. Here's a page of ninjas. I think that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you are trying to create a, a, a feeling of uh, consistency and you're finding the, the, the Yakuza for some reason uh, mm -hmm. similar, then you don't want to just grab random mook number one. You want those ninja yeah. mooks that will fit the theme or, you know, again, more like a Japanese gangster mook. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And for me, it, it's always been a giant pain when I'm using three or four different stat blocks and they're all on, you know, different pages. You know, it's like, okay, well, why is why is the the white Russian, you know, gangster over here, but why is the sniper on, you know, four pages later? And I got to flip back and forth. Let me put them all on the same page. You're never going to eliminate that problem entirely, but you know, from a from a ease of use perspective, to me, that that makes a lot of sense. Content-wise, uh, uh, Rogues Gallery is also going to include uh, long, lengthy write-ups of two of the major locations in New Corinth as well, that being uh, Stonegate Federal Penitentiary and Lincroft Asylum. So uh, so in addition to all the books and all of Sawbones' notes, you're also getting you know, some detailed write-ups of not just the physical geography and the plot hooks and all the, you know, the conspiring that's going on in these two locations, 
but also how to use them in a game. So we not only are we talking like, okay, this is this is what happens in D block dirt on a typical day in Stonegate, but it's uh, but the book's also going to talk about prison psychology and race relations in a prison and and how guards keep order and what happens to all those super gadgets that uh, that uh, the federal uh, pen- penitentiary collects over time. So interesting. Yeah, the, um, I actually learned. I actually learned uh, quite a bit writing this, not just about uh, prisons and and how and how mental health treatment works in a in an institutional setting, but also a little bit about comics. Actually, um, uh, something I didn't know going in: the first appearance of Barbara Gordon as Oracle appeared in one of John Ostrander's um, Suicide Squad comics. Uh, because uh, one of the things that went into this is, you know, talking about the su- Suicide Squad and other and um, the Marvel analog, the Thunderbolts, you know, how to run a game based around being imprisoned. And one of which being, well, OK, we'll put you on this squad to do, you know, do the things that, you know, we don't necessarily we can't necessarily send federal agents to go do so. So a thing I learned when in doing all that was uh, that was the first appearance of Barbara Gordon as Oracle. That's very cool. I also, uh, for me, I don't know if tropes the right term, but but a kind of a classic style game in this genre would be the superhero that goes undercover as a convict to yeah. find out information. So knowing that much about how the prison would work, uh, you know, kind of gives you a lot of information on how to make that successful. Mm-hmm. You put you know two or three heroes, maybe even a solo hero, in the penitentiary as a you know, low level thug and let them, you know, investigate and eventually get the information they need. And of course this will all go perfectly to plan and no one will ever find out who they are. Of course not, because, you know, how could, how could something possibly go wrong when you have all those uh, overflowing convicts, you know, everywhere, especially in block E, which is meta humans only. Yeah. That was something actually that I, that I really wanted to to play with Uh, the idea of, um, in in so many, because again, you know, the idea of a rogues gallery, the idea of a, a, a superhero prison, is not a new one. And I was looking through a number of different other source books to, you know, see what can I do differently, what's 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 not been done. And I was kind of astounded because in a lot of these cases, um, you have superhero or you have prisons that oh well they have power inhibitor collars or they have you know a power dampening field around the prison or some you know scientific babble nonsense that you know that's gonna take away that well one of the one of the big things that i've i've tried to put forward in new corinth as a setting is that metahumans are a real problem because no one really knows how to deal with them i mean you can bind someone's hands but when they're super strong and can rip those handcuffs apart well what are you really going to do to them um so a lot of the um a lot of the setting goes uh goes with that in mind where you have warden um grace tancredi who just generally is at her wits end trying to figure out what to do with a prison that's overflowing normally, but now has an entire block of people who are effectively living weapons. Any hints about how you dealt with that? Well, that's left a lot in the, in the realm of uh, the player and the GM, because uh, as a setting, uh, 
New Corinth and specifically Stonegate and Lincroft to a slightly lesser degree are designed to be kind of the pot that's about to boil over. Right. You know? Yeah. One one misstep, one, you know, someone says the wrong thing and pisses off someone else and all of a sudden now you have a now you have a meta human riot going on. And that that's the kind of conflict that if I'm a player, the stakes have just been raised. I want to get in there and get my hands dirty. Right. And Sawbones maybe would want to cause that to happen if he were still around, just because, <laughs> because there's some other objective that he can't accomplish without that happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. All right, so this is going to be a, a supplemental uh, book, basically. You don't need it to play Cold Steel Wardens, but it will certainly enhance your experience, make the GM's life a little easier. It's going uh, to really expand on the New Corinth setting. It's going to provide a whole bevy. I think I'm at... Uh, 30 or 35 um, unique like named NPCs that get full write-ups and and Sawbones' notes and all and all that, as well as all the other setting information. I do have a little bit of uh, stuff specifically for players in there. Um, one of my original playtesters, one of my one of my home group uh, um, uh, players, Fred Weber, uh, sat down and hammered out a uh, some supplemental rules on how to use animal companions in Cold Steel Wardens. You know, on one level, we're talking, you know, Catwoman has Isis, you know, Falcon has Red Wing, you know, we have Ace the Bat Hound and what have you. But also uh, things like bomb sniffing dogs or dog fighting rings, things, um, places where animals can be just as important as humans. So we have uh, so we have a little bit of supplemental rules uh, to support that as well, uh, as well as how you might use that in a game like breaking up a dog fighting ring or, you know, um, or how police might use, you know, drug sniffing or bomb sniffing dogs uh, when they're investigating. Oh, hey, our vigilante companion has a whole bunch of guns and a whole bunch of arms there. Well, we have dogs to sniff that out. So yeah, that's that's true. That's that's a real world um, mm-hmm. kind of conceit in the superhero realm. And that's the exact thing that I'm going for. It's like you know, what if you dropped, uh, what if you dropped these metahumans into today, or you know, or 1985? (laughs) (laughs) Now, how many uh, how many named NPCs do you expect to be in the final book? Is are you done? You're just editing, or is there more to be added? I'm planning on uh, on offering additional ones as stretch goals. I have some. um, I have. It's going to be four at a chunk. So uh, as we as Obviously, I'm looking at uh, hitting up Kickstarter again if I haven't tipped my hand already. Yeah, I, I think you jumped to that point. So let's go ahead and let's just cover that. So when is this hitting Kickstarter? Uh, actually, very shortly. That would be uh, March 15th. Um, we're uh, we're going to run from the Ides of March until just after tax, tax day, the 18th of April. Okay. Uh, do you know yet what your funding goal is going to be or is this a little early for that? Uh, we're looking for six thousand. Um, what part of the reason this is actually more than this is actually more than uh, my original goal for Cold Steel for the Cold Steel Wardens rulebook is one, I under budgeted uh, for for Cold Steel Wardens itself, which was bad on my part, but call it chalk it up to first game, first Kickstarter jitters. I now have a much better handle on you know what I'm going to need in terms of art, what I'm going to need in terms of layout. Second. This is going to be a very art and layout heavy book. This is, um, like I said, with all this first person documentation, with with things like uh, with uh, drop in clues, like here's a police profile or 
or here's a psych profile, or here's an interview from transcript from TV about this vigilante that's been running around at night, uh, or here's a news clipping that involves a fair amount of of layout shift in there, which means that you know uh, Clay's got to get compensated somehow. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I, same thing with us with the Catacon. You know, we we basically threw a dart at the wall and it's like, okay, this is how much we need. And we were very fortunate to to be successful and to get more money than we asked for. But going into this year's uh, Kickstarter, we we have a higher budget because we know what we know. Well, we know what we need. Yep. So it's a lot different. There's always something that the money will go towards. It's it's not like I'm going to sit here and stockpile by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely. Now, I still think 6000 is very low for a book to be published. So do you have a small print publisher that's going to be able to print these? Uh, we're looking at uh, Studio 2 again because, um, like I said, they've been phenomenal to work with with the core book. And I'd love to continue uh, in their line. Jim Searcy has been wonderful to work with. So expect it through Studio 2. Which is nice on our part because the nature of our print publisher agreement basically is um, for all you aspiring designers out there. Um, <laughs> the uh, the nature of the print publisher agreement in in most cases, um, uh, if you're the designer, you you bear the cost of the the art, the layout, the graphic design, you know, the actual production of a PDF copy of the book. Once you have the PDF, you ship it off to uh, to your publishing house if you have one of these agreements and they uh they bear the responsibility of the the printing and the distribution so um it distributes that cost evenly plus it means i don't i don't have you know three crates of cold steel warden's books in my garage you know moldering away (laughs) okay so and this this is probably just my ignorance so i'm gonna ask some questions that hopefully the audience would be thinking so as far as your kickstarter goes what are the pledge levels going to be? And am I getting a physical book for that? Or is that like a PDF copy? And this is what's just going to allow you to get the book published. I would still have to purchase that separately. No. Um, in fact, if you, uh, if you, uh, the $35 pledge level is soft is both soft cover copy and a PDF of, of rogues gallery. So, so this, uh, so you're kickstarting, you know, for the actual book itself and you can, you can do, for either just uh, just the digital level or or obviously the um, the hardcover as well as for um, uh, for Cold Steel Wardens itself, you can toss on the the PDF and the PDF RGM screen, uh, which are both up on Drive Through RPG right now. Uh, and there are a couple other um, there are a couple other um, pledge levels for um, those who would like to see maybe themselves as one of our rogues or. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, or at the very high level, uh, maybe would like to play with me at Origins or Gen Con at some point. Okay, so yeah, so you have some higher level pledges where basically I could there could be a Michael uh, villain of some sort, powered mm-hmm. or not. Okay, and then uh, con appearances—that's a pretty standard thing. Now, which uh, I'm jumping around again, but uh, which cons are you going to be at this year? Whew, let's see. I am doing CincyCon, which is where we per- we first met. Yeah, I will be there as uh, well. Yep, I'll I'll be there only Saturday, unfortunately. Um, the uh, my schedule is kind of a mess, and actually, I'm kind of laid up right now. Truth be told. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on the results of an MRI on my knee. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. RPG game got out of hand. <laughs> no, um, I don't even have a good story about it. <laughs> I actually I was getting out of the tub, um, and my knee popped and shifted backwards, and. Uh, 
the doctor thinks it's either a torn meniscus or a um or a dislocated kneecap. Yep, you, you need a better story for that. So next time you tell it, it, it involves like a, someone breaking into your house or you saved an old woman from a mugger. Exactly, you know something something I can mask up or whatnot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, shortly after uh, CincyCon, uh, there is WitCon, which is the convention that I helped start uh, at the Wittenberg University, uh, the Wittenberg University Role Playing Guild. That's March nineteenth. I'm running both Cold Steel Wardens and Dwarven Defenders at that. I am planning on going to that one because you told me about it. For any listener who might be interested, it's in uh, Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio. Um, it's a full day of gaming. It's just a one day convention. Um, uh, starts at 9 a.m., ends at midnight. Uh, $5 entry gets you uh, gets you entered into our raffle, which uh, every year we have a phenomenal raffle thanks to uh, Bookery Fantasy in Fairborn. World, literally world's largest comic store. Uh, they take up five storefronts currently. Uh, phenomenal store, phenomenal people. They get, uh, $5 gets you entry into the raffle, a pizza and pop dinner, an entry into um, any event you care to sign up for. Uh, so... Pretty pretty good deal for you know eighteen hours of gaming. So I'll be there on the nineteenth, and then the first through the third of April, I'll be at HoosierCon in Indianapolis, and then of course I'm doing both uh, Origins and GenCon this year uh, as well. Uh, last year last year uh, circumstance precluded us from going to Origins, but this year we're doing the full show, and I'll be at GenCon for three of the four days. All right, my my plan is to do Origins and Gen Con as well, and I'm assuming you're you are coming to a Catacon, right? Yes, absolutely. Especially with you guys that are in my backyard now, the Dayton Convention Center is just a hop, skip, and a jump, uh, just right down 48 for me. Yeah, that that is where we're going to be this year. Our our goal is to be there for for the foreseeable future. If everything works out, we fund our Kickstarter as well, and you know, if people are enjoying that location, I don't see any reason why to change it. It's a nice venue. It's uh, it'll be it'll be a great spot to have it. Well, and just also being not being in, in the woods with vultures, which I enjoyed that, but I know people <laughs> like you know cell phone service and a bar yeah. or a restaurant would be nice. Yeah, but uh, but obviously there's just going to be more uh, more available in in the yeah in downtown Dayton. Okay, so if anyone has not yet tried Cold Steel Wardens, uh, there is an opportunity to to get with you and actually have the designer. Rope, run it for you, which I, I try to do as often as possible, particularly when we do like the <laughs> trials, just because I figure they're going to run it as well as anybody. They know the system as well as anybody, and it cuts down on a lot of the, well, I'm not sure how to handle that. So it gives you like a, a great experience to, to take away. And obviously my experience with you at CincyCon was very positive, which is how we started talking more. We got you on the podcast. We met at, we played at Gen Con last year. We played a game. It was pretty much my whole group and you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a little that crazy. And it was that was Saturday night, was it not? Yes. Everyone was a little, a uh, little con drunk by that point. <laughs> yeah, it was. A little, and I got to play Sawbones again. I've actually played Sawbones every time I've played that game. I, I have a, a history with that character. Three or four times now. Yep. Uh, but un- unfortunately, in regards to the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter is going to come out first, so you may not have a chance to play with you before you have an opportunity to back the well, Kickstarter. The nice thing is, and and this is this is me planning strategically. If you come to WitCon, or if you come to HoosierCon, uh, both of those fall right during the Kickstarter. Ah. Um. So if you if you're in Indianapolis or in or in the Springfield Dayton area, um, I'll be running at both places. And honestly, 
if <laughs> if you don't even have the chance to to play with me, I'll, I'll recommend all the time play play with my wife, uh, who is as big a comic book fan as I, if not if not bigger. Uh, she has taken to uh, to running cold uh, to taking Cold Steel Wardens and running uh, in the the DC universe with Birds of Prey. So uh, her her pre gen characters are Black Canary, Huntress, Lady Blackhawk, uh, the Question, the Renee Montoya, and a handful of uh, uh, of JLA members who are trying to kind of work their way back after the falling out in um, oh, Identity Crisis. I remember. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look over at my comic shelf to, to remember. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have I have, to have had the opportunity to meet your wife. I have not yet had a chance to play under her as a GM, but perhaps we will be able to change that at, at some of these cons that we will both be at for the rest of this year. Yep, and she'll be at both WitCon and... Uh, Hoosier Con as well, running games and doing demos. She's actually selling uh, stuff at WitCon this year. She's been uh, she has a, a home home business of her own. Uh, she makes uh, nerdy crochet stuff. So looking over here, she has uh, a whole pile of beakers and flasks and little uh, crochet Cthulhu's, Harley Quinn gauntlets, uh, all crocheted. She has uh, crochet BB-88s. Nice. Yeah, and the latest thing that she she just finished the pattern on this. She wrote the pattern and, and created the first one. She did a a, a chibi Deadpool crochet, <laughs> uh, complete with belt pouches. <laughs> Timely, yeah. That was that was a very good movie, by the way. I, I really enjoyed it. It was exactly what I wanted out of a Deadpool comic, and it's exactly what I wanted out of a Deadpool movie. Yeah, absolutely. It, it delivered on its promise. Plus, I was really happy to see Colossus get some screen time. Colossus has always been one of my favorite X Men, and seeing him, seeing him get a little, uh, a little bit of screenplay, that's that's always a good thing. Absolutely. Now, is there any place that someone could go to get some additional information? Uh, you know, websites. Uh, is the Kickstarter URL live yet for sneak peeks or anything like that? Um, I have a pre-fundia page that uh, that is up, and you just search uh, rogue, uh, CSW Rogues Gallery. Uh, best places to go for news on Cold Steel Wardens in general is going to be our website, which we finally have a good, a good, nice-looking website up. That's BlackfallPress.com, and uh, or our Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook.com/BlackfallPressLLC. If you just type Blackfall Press in the search bar, it'll take you right there. And Twitter, Twitter as well. I don't tweet as often as I should, but again, just at Blackfall Press is that's me. Very cool. All right. So Andy, uh, as always, thank you very much for your time. Is there anything that I didn't ask about, or anything that you think is important for a potential backer to know before we wrap up the interview? Just really excited to to show you guys a little more of New Corinth, and um, really hoping everything goes as planned. So thank you guys in advance much obliged and thanks for uh thanks for the conversation again always great talking with you oh of course i i enjoyed it as well i am again i'm an unabashed fan of cold steel warden but <laughs> you know it, when you asked me to to do an interview about the new thing it was like yep i mean there was not even a hesitation because i'm i'm a fan i will very likely back it uh and i don't see six thousand dollars being an issue I, I imagine that you will fund that easily well i have uh i have a couple uh neat stretch goals uh coming up and i'm i'm trying to hold off on announcing on announcing those until the until it uh till we start getting a little closer once the drive goes live but 
I'm not the only one who's working on some rogues gallery stuff. Let's just put it that way. Oh, very, very cool. So we will leave that there dangling. So people will have to check out your Kickstarter when it goes live. And <laughs> and we will help you, of course, uh, shout that out um, when it goes live. Much obliged. Before I let you go, though, uh, since you're hobbled up and you can't get get, get away from me, <laughs> if you've been listening to our show and tell us recently, we've been doing a choose your own adventure style game with all of our guests. Uh, we, we've been inconsistent, but we're getting much better. And uh, I would like to continue that game with you if you're up for it. Sure. I, I, I always like a good game. Excellent. Well, I can't promise it's good. But uh, essentially, each time we have a guest on, we we allow them to take control of this character for a few moments, uh, get to a couple of decision points, and then we kind of continue the story with the next guest. So to catch you up very quickly, uh, you were playing a a human wizard who's an apprentice. You were sent on a trial of courage by your master to go explore some caves. Uh, Within those caves, you found just a vast legion of goblins, like an, you know, just an unheard of number of goblins in this area that was being led by a goblin shaman. And through, some might argue, poor choices, uh, the goblins saw that you were there. The shaman was able to erupt a lava flow, uh, knocking you onto a piece of stone that was floating down the lava flow. You uh, tried to jump to safety and you failed. When you landed in the lava, you then woke up and you were back in your wizard's apprentice room in the tower. Uh, but your wizard's master was gone. You you searched for him. His door was locked, but he was definitely nowhere else in the tower. So you decided to go to your study, which is where he has left messages for you before. So the first decision you get to make is you get to name your wizard because he has written a note to you, uh, and I need to know who he wrote it to. Oh wow! I get I get the honor of naming this guy. Wow! And and really, it could be a female. I think we've referred to him as a him, but there's no been gender specific yet. Um, and there's there's. I, I know what name I'm going to go with immediately because the first game that I ever did any professional work on was uh, Larry Wickman's uh, WEGS, Wickedly Errant uh, Gaming System. Okay. And in that game, I, I, I it pisses him off every time I play because he's never managed to kill one of my Nordlings. Nordling the Wizard. All right. So Nordling. So uh, you go to your study, you open up your bureau, and uh, or I, I say you open up, it's like a roll-top uh, desk drawer, and there is a, a note written uh, to you that's basically front and center. You easily recognize your master's handwriting, but you can also tell that it was clearly written very quickly, a very hastily scrawled note, uh, and it says, Nordling, I hope you are well. I was watching your test from afar, and I'm very proud of how well you did, yet perhaps shocked by some of your bold action. But now is a time for bold action. I did not know that you would face those goblins, and their presence and my lack of knowledge of them is disconcerting. I have set upon a journey to discover where they came from. I fear that my lack of knowledge may be deliberate, so please make your way to the Sleeping Dragon Inn and look for a companion. I am sending you on a journey as well. Once you have selected your companion, meet me at the Thornville Tavern in Westhold. Be careful. Be safe. If someone is trying to deceive me, you may be a target as well. And that is the end of the note. So what would you like to do? Well, um, it sounds like I'm going for a journey. I should probably pack. Uh, Is there anything that I should take with me? Uh, So again, this is a very you know, systemless uh, story game. So, I mean, you're an apprentice wizard, so you probably have spell components. You may have a small grimoire that you are working on. 
Uh, so all that can easily be packed. It clothes, it, you know, that kind of thing. Is there anything in particular, like a special thing that you might want to take that we can just say is there? I definitely want to take the note with me so that I know, you know, exactly where I'm supposed to be going, the two inns. I don't suppose I know of any, you know, specific like magic talismans or, or items that might, uh, that my master might have left behind that, uh, that I could just, you know, something, something easily picked up, like an amulet of protection or the like. So your master's study is locked. You could try to enter it to see if you could get access to his possessions. That would, uh, that would create a role. Or we could say that you've been working on your own, and I will roll for that as well, because it basically may not work, but you may think that it does type of a thing. This is true. Um, you know what? Let, let's take the nefarious route. Let's let's try to break into his uh, break into his secret stash. Okay, so you are uh, leaving your study. You've already packed up your gear, uh, and you're getting ready to head up to your master's study to see if you could enter in. And that's when you hear a very loud knock on the front door of the tower. Uh-oh. <sighs> do I have time for this? Uh, hmm. Does it sound like does it sound like a knock, or does it sound like someone beating in the door? It was definitely a knock, but it was also loud and urgent. So you know, think like police pounding on the door, uh, not just a uh, Girl Scout cookies kind of knock. All right. Um, Though I have known some militant Girl Scouts. <laughs> let's uh, let's hurriedly try to get in that study. Okay. So that is where we will leave uh, your story. So we will pick up with our next guest as they are hastily trying All to break right. into their master's tower. <laughs> All right, Andy, well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for playing our little reindeer game. Thank you. Looking forward to the Kickstarter. Again, that goes live on March 15th, uh, mm-hmm. which you should have a chance to listen to this for about a week before that goes live. And then obviously we'll copy all the URLs and stuff in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again. All right, man. Hope you feel better. <laughs> Cheers. All right. all right. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus, 
at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Right.